Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, here and across the campuses, you can go ahead, take a seat. Happy Sunday to you, and uh, happy Thanksgiving as well. Now that Thanksgiving is behind us, we are officially in the Christmas season. We're here. We made it, which means now you can start listening to Christmas music, okay? I'm here to tell you. Okay, actually, just for fun, how many of you, uh, before Thanksgiving, you were already listening to Christmas music? Let me see you. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Hey, I'm really glad that you're here today because I want you to know forgiveness is available to everyone, okay? It's okay to be wrong. How many of you waited till after Thanksgiving to start listening to Christmas music like the Lord intended? There we go. Thank you, okay? The few and the proud. Uh, Listen, I love this time of year. I love Christmas. Christmas is my my favorite holiday. And uh, honestly, it's one of the reasons I'm so excited for next week. Okay, next week, we're starting a three-week series that's all about Christmas, and specifically, it's all about having hope even in the midst of the world that we live in, because 2,000 years ago, the world was crazy, and yet hope was born. So that's where we're going next week. I'm really excited for that, but let me tell you where we're going today, because today, we are right on the edge of the Christmas season, right? It is, it is right in front of us. We're excited. We can taste it, and there is something that you and I will feel this Christmas season. And by the way, it's not what we're supposed to feel because we all know what we're supposed to feel during this Christmas season. We're supposed to feel peace and hope and joy and love and all those things. But if we're honest, what we normally feel during the Christmas season is busy. Can I get an amen? Amen, right? There's something about this time of year that things just get Busy, because you got to make sure you send out the Christmas cards and also do your Christmas shopping and your kids got the Christmas concert you got to go to. And then work's got this Christmas party that you got to go to. And then like your neighborhood is doing this Christmas thing and all your friends are trying to get together and there's scheduled conflicts. And this is in addition to the normal craziness. Oh, and by the way, the in-laws are coming into town, so make sure you clean the house. And it's just busy. It's like this is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. But if we're honest, this is often the most busy time of the year. And the problem with busy is that when busy shows up, he brings all of his friends with him. So when we feel busy, we normally feel this. We feel stressed, overwhelmed, tired, pressure-filled, worn out, burned out, hurried, worried, tense, rushed, and regret. Like sometimes life can get so busy that you feel like you don't even have time to breathe. There's actually a medical condition, uh, uh, condition called hurry sickness. It's when your body shuts down because of this, because of how busy you run your life. In fact, um, I, I, I included that last one, regret. The reason I included that is because rarely are you and I rushed into a good decision, but we are often rushed into a bad one. Because a lot of times when, when things get crazy and busy and overwhelmed and you get stressed, you tend to misprioritize things. We tend to make the wrong decision. We tend to 
hurt the people that are closest to us or maybe overlook the people that are closest to us. And when life gets really busy, a lot of times we get done with a busy season and we look back and we wish we had a do-over. I mean, think back to Christmases in the past when you like really looked forward to the Christmas season, but then once you finally got into it, you were so busy and stressed that before you knew it, you woke up and it's December 26th and you're like, I, I missed it. It was right here, and I missed it. And so here's why we're talking about this today. Because today, uh, we are 30 days away from Christmas. 30 days, which means we've got 30 days in front of us. And if you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, we will busy ourselves right through the Christmas season and then wake up on December 26th with regret. But there is another way to live. You don't, it doesn't have to be that way. There is a way to live where you actually make the most of these 30 days. And even in the midst of what is normally a crazy busy season, you can actually have peace. And so today I, I want to talk about this question and it's for all of us in this room and here at, you know, across the campuses, 12 stone home, how can we make the most of the next 30 days? Cause we got 30 days, and you get to decide how you're going to use them. So how do we make the most of the next 30 days so we don't wake up on December 26th with regret? And so here's what we're going to do um, today to answer that question. We're actually going to look at the life of Jesus and look at how he made the most of his time. Because um, uh, Jesus had these habits that he did, and they show up all throughout Scripture, and it allowed him to really make the most of his limited time. Because a lot of times we forget this, that Jesus, just like you and me, he had a really full agenda, okay? He had every excuse to be busy. I mean, after all, he is savior of the world, and he had three years of earthly ministry to accomplish that purpose. So listen, I know that your plate is full, but Jesus literally had the weight of the world on his shoulders, Right? And yet somehow, even in the midst of his agenda, which was so weighty and so important, he never seemed to be rushed. Like there is no verse in scripture that says, and then Jesus hurried to the next town. You know what I mean? It's like somehow in the midst of a really important agenda, Jesus had peace. Jesus always seemed to make the most of the opportunities in front of him. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at a story that you've probably heard before, especially if you grew up in church, you know the story like the back of your hand, but you may have never noticed the habits of Jesus that show up in this story. There's three habits in particular, and I'm telling you, these habits allowed him and they're going to allow us to make the most of the next 30 days. So the story actually begins with Jesus being bombarded by a really busy schedule. Um, this is what Mark writes. He says, then because so many people were coming and going that the disciples did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, okay, now this, in my opinion, is one of the most relatable verses in scripture. Have you ever been so busy that you didn't have time to eat? Like, is that, yeah, listen, I love food, okay, I'm all about food, but there have been times where I have like sat down for dinner with the family and all of a sudden it dawns on me and I'm like, I didn't have lunch today. It's like, why didn't I have lunch today? 
maybe I'm just like, you know, really spiritual and I accidentally fasted. Um, no, that's not the reason. The reason is because I was so busy because I just ran through my day. I didn't even stop to eat. And that's exactly what's happening with the disciples. So they're so busy. They don't even have time to eat. And then here's what Jesus said to them. And this is so important for today. Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So in the middle of this busy moment, in the middle of this busy season, Jesus looks at his disciples and says, here's what we got to do. You got to get some rest. And that's actually the first habit that we're going to talk about today. It's this. Make time for real rest. Make time for real rest. I'm telling you, this is huge. And by the way, it's not huge because you haven't heard this before. In fact, when we started talking about busy, you were probably guessing this is where we were going to go, right? Make time for real rest. Well, here's why this is important. It's because this is the opposite of what we normally do, right? When life gets busy, I mean, after all, what is busy? Busy is just too much to do, not enough time. So what do we do to, you know, make ourselves better? We just try to do more. Right? It's like, well, I got to wake up earlier, or I got to stay up later, or I got to cram more into my schedule because after all, I'm really busy and this stuff isn't going to take care of itself. And a lot of times we look at other people and we're like, well, she can handle her busy schedule, and so why can't I? Or he can handle his busy schedule, so why can't I? And so we go, I just got to busy myself even more if I'm going to get these things done. And we try to do all of this, we try to cram more things into our schedule. And Jesus would say to us, listen, you can't do it all. You, you can't do it all. And this Christmas season, you and I are going to try to do it all. We're going to try to busy ourselves even more through the Christmas season. And Jesus would say, come on, you are not Superman. You are not superwoman. You are not super dad or super mom or super boss or super employee. You can't do it all. In fact, and this is so important, you were made with limits. God literally made you with limits. You can't do it all. Which is why Jesus said in the midst of your busy schedule, the thing you got to do is you just got to get away and get some rest. So here's what the disciples did. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. And then we're going to put it back up on the screen one more time. Make time for real rest. Now, before we move on to the next thing, I, I, I put real rest because I want to make sure that we define rest correctly because I think normally we have kind of a, or I have a misguided sense of what rest is. So let me clarify. Rest is not five hours on Netflix. Okay. Uh, rest is not sitting on the couch scrolling through the phone, okay? Although that's normally what we do, right? I mean, that's what, that's what my wife and I do. Like, we've got, we've got three boys, okay? Uh, they are seven, five, and two. And one of my, yeah, thank you, I need your prayers. And one of my favorite moments, and this is so bad to admit, one of my favorite moments is after we put the kids to bed, and once they're in bed, my wife and I will, like, plop on the couch, because there's no other description. When you're like, when you've got three bobcats that you just put to bed, you just plop, right? So I'm like, I just plop on the couch. I grab the remote and I turn on the TV. Because after all, I'm like, I just need some rest. But here's what's interesting. After I watch TV, I don't feel more rested. 
In fact, I actually, to be honest, I feel more tired. And that's because what I'm doing in that moment is not rest. It's entertainment. And entertainment is not rest. And listen, let me just be clear about something real quick. I'm not saying that rest is, or that entertainment is evil. I'm not saying you should rip the TV off the wall and throw it away. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying entertainment is a sin. I'm just saying it's not rest. And Jesus didn't say, let's get some entertainment. He said, let's get some rest. Like we need real rest, not just scrolling through the phone or watching something on TV. We need real rest. And by the way, there's actually a clue, if you look at it in Mark, of what real rest is. They were by themselves in a quiet place. So maybe real rest for you is like reading a book or taking a walk outside or going to bed earlier or um, taking a nap. Amen for naps, by the way. I, 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 naps are amazing. By the way, did you know Jesus napped? Literally. Like he napped. And this is what's so, like, you got to think about it for a second. Jesus had three years of ministry to save the whole world, okay? And he's with his disciples who he's getting ready to hand the kingdom of God to. And while he's with his disciples, with his limited time, you know what he does? He takes a nap. Like if Jesus had time to take a nap, you and I have time to take a nap, okay? So there, I'm telling you, there is a way that you and I can get some real rest. So here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, although this would be nice, but I'm not saying, so cancel all your meetings and just go on vacation for the next four weeks, okay? That would be great. That's just not realistic. Instead, I'm offering this question. How can I trade entertainment time for rest time? What if instead of, what if instead of sitting on the couch scrolling through my phone, what if I took a walk outside? What if instead of watching three hours of TV, I just watched two and a half hours and I went to bed 30 minutes earlier? Like, like what if, what if we just traded just a little bit of that entertainment time for real rest? So that's the first habit of Jesus is make time for real rest. But that's not where the story ends. And the reason that's not where the story ends is because that's not where your story ends, right? The answer is not take a nap and then everything's going to be better, right? Because life actually happens. And by the way, life happened for the disciples too. Look at the very next verse. It says this, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Okay, so I want you to imagine, you're with Jesus, you're exhausted, you haven't even had time to eat, so you get in the boat, and you're like, ah, finally we get to get some rest. And then from shore you hear, there they are, you know, and it's like, and they're running ahead of you, and you're like, are you kidding me? This is like the moment when you, you know, when you try to sleep in, and then one of your kids wakes up at 5 a.m. wide open, and you're like, but I tried, you know, this is like, this is, uh, uh, this is the moment when you, when you just tried to take a walk outside and then your phone blows up or your email blows up. This is when you thought you had a night to yourself. And then you remember that tonight was the night of the kids Christmas concert. It's like, oh my gosh, our schedule gets so busy and crammed and life happens and we just get overwhelmed. And so for a lot of us, when that happens, here's what we think. I just got to get through it. I just got to get through it. 
Oh my gosh, I wish I could have time to rest. I wish I could have time, but I just got to get through it, right? I just got to get through the work party. Um, I just, I just got to get through the kids' Christmas concert. I just got to get through the in-laws being here. I just got to get through the holidays. And by the way, um, we have a just get through it device right here, right? Because you show up to the work party and you're like, I don't know how long this thing is going to be, but at least I've got this. I don't know how long the in-laws are going to be here, but I can always kind of hide away in the bedroom and look at this. Like, this is my, I just got to get through it device. And this is where we normally go when life gets overwhelming. And that's what happened for the disciples too. They, they, you know, they saw this moment and, you know, Jesus does the Jesus thing. Like they land on shore and Jesus starts caring about them and he starts teaching them and he starts just doing all the right things. And the disciples instead are like, are you kidding me? How long are we going to be here? <laughs> Come on, man, we need some rest. And they're just trying to get through it. And this is actually the just get through it moment for the disciples. It says, by this time it was late in the day. So the disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. And it's already very late. Send the people away. Okay. I don't know if you've ever felt like I'm not holy enough to be one of the disciples. Okay. They literally tried to banish people from the presence of Jesus. Okay. So anyways, send the people away, they said, so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. In other words, Jesus, can we just be done with this? Jesus, can we just get through this? Come on, man. We're tired. We're overwhelmed. There's so much to do. Can we just be done? Can you just send them away so they can grab something to eat. And then, and then this is what Jesus says. You give him something to eat. You give him something to eat. And this response by Jesus, by the way, is snarky. Okay. This is like snarky Jesus right here. Because <laughs> Jesus knows that they don't have any food. Remember, they were, they, they were so busy, they didn't even have time to eat. Jesus knew they didn't have food. And he knew that even if they did have food, it wouldn't be enough to feed all the people. Guys, there were 5,000 families there that day, that, that, that day like 20 to 25,000 people right there. Jesus knew they couldn't feed them all. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat as like a wake-up call. Like, hey, Peter, I'm talking to you. Hey, John, I'm talking to you. I want you to look at who is in front of you because you're just trying to get through this moment. You're trying to breeze by this moment. You're trying to rush through this moment. And I'm telling you, if you just try to get through it, you are going to miss out. There's something happening right in front of you. And if you just try to get through it, you'll miss it. And so the second habit for us is don't just get through who God puts in front of you. Don't try to rush through. Don't try to hurry through. Don't try to just get through who God puts in front of you. Your kids, God put them there on purpose. Your coworkers, God put them there on purpose. The people in your neighborhood, your friends, your classmates. Don't just get through these moments that you have with them. Don't just get through who God puts in front of you. Because if you just try to get through it, you're going to miss out on the moment. And by the way, the disciples were at risk of missing out on one of the greatest miracles Jesus ever performed. This is the feeding of the 5,000. Some of you know the story. And they were trying to just get through 
this miracle. See, because what happened is Jesus goes up to him and says, you should give him something to eat. And then, you know, Peter and John and James, all the disciples, they're like, uh, we don't, we don't, we don't have anything, Jesus. And he goes, well, what about that? And there's five loaves and two fish. And so then he, he breaks the loaves and prays over the food. And then he gives it back to the disciples. I love this moment. He says, hey, and disciples, I want you to hand out the food to the people because I don't want you to miss out on what's going to happen next. So the disciples take all the food and they start handing it out to all the people. And before you know it, the food multiplies and 5,000 families eat. This is actually how the, how the story ends. It says they all ate and were satisfied. They all ate. Do you know who's included in that all? Not just the 5,000 families, the disciples. It says they ate and were satisfied. In fact, scripture says they collected leftovers afterwards. They gathered up all the food that was left over and there were 12 basketfuls left over. Isn't that cool? The disciples got like a doggy bag after it was all said and done. And they almost missed out on it because they were trying to just get through it. Don't just get through who God puts in front of you. And parents, moms, dads, let me talk to you for a second. The moments we try to get through with our kids are the moments they will remember forever. Like I remember being a kid and um, we had this family vacation planned where it was going to be like a long weekend with our whole extended family. We were going to go up to the North Georgia mountains and uh, it was in March, so it was going to be a little cold, so we couldn't swim, but we were going to maybe do some hiking, see some waterfalls, and, you know, um, just eat food together as a family. So that was the plan for the weekend. Um, the problem was, on that particular weekend, it snowed. Uh, and it didn't just snow a little bit, it snowed a lot. And some of you that grew up here in Georgia, you might remember, that was the weekend of the blizzard of 93. You remember that? Blizzard of 93. And um, now, by the way, those of you from the north, you're like, you call everything a blizzard, even if it's a half inch of snow. Okay, yeah, I hear you. But on this particular weekend, where we were, it was over 10 inches of snow. And we were not ready for it. When the snow fell, the power went out. We had no power, and we weren't prepared for it. We didn't have a backup generator. We didn't have any generator. Um, we didn't have snow tires. We were stranded without power. Oh, and by the way, um, I don't know if you remember, it was my entire extended family in one cabin. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of my favorite vacations as a kid. Because... Because my parents and my grandparents didn't try to just get through the moment. I remember we, um, you know, we didn't have power, so the only way to heat this cabin was to do a fire in the fireplace. So we just constantly had a fire going. It was like, this is so cool. And then um, in order for us to stay warm, me and all of my cousins, like we all uh, slept in the living room right by the fire like we were camping. Uh, I remember my uncle said that we had the world's uh, biggest walk-in refrigerator. Because again, we didn't have power, so the refrigerator didn't work. Um, but we did have a screened-in porch. So we just put all the food in the screened-in porch. He was like, you need apple juice? Just walk out there and grab it, okay? Because it was so cold. Um, I remember we'd play cards by candlelight. 
we, uh, uh, there was one night when we had dinner and I remember it was lasagna that we cooked over the fire in the fireplace. And like, you know, there's a lot of vacations that I'll remember, but I'm telling you, I will never forget that vacation because parents, the moments we try to get through are the moments our kids will remember forever. So this Christmas season for the next 30 days, instead of trying to just get through the moment, instead of grabbing your just get through it device, what if instead you just prayed this simple prayer, God, how can I get the most out of this moment? And you're going to have a lot of these moments. Okay, God, how can I get the most out of this moment? So just imagine like you're on the way to the kid's chorus concert and maybe, you know, the, the past you would have just grabbed your phone and you would have ignored everyone around you and just played games on the phone or scrolled through Instagram. And then you'd take a video of the kids and then you just kind of go home and you just got through the Christmas concert. What if instead of that, you decided ahead of time, we're going to make a night of it and we're going to go, we're going to see the Christmas concert. And then afterwards, we're going to grab ice cream together. God, how can I make the most of this moment? Or maybe you've got to like decorate the house or you got to, you know, put up the tree or whatever. And normally that's just a get through it moment. What if you made a night of it though? What if you prayed, God, how can I get the most out of this moment? And you gathered up the family and said, all right, here's what we're going to do. Everyone go put on your comfy Christmas PJs. Okay. We're going to, we're going to make some hot chocolate. We're going to put on some Christmas music and we're all going to decorate the tree together. Or maybe um, you've got the in-laws coming into town. And it's about to look like National Lampoon's Christmas vacation in your house, right? And this is normally when we just like, oh my gosh, I just got to get through it. I just got to hide away. What if instead, before they come over, before they come over, you just pray, God, how can I get the most out of this moment? And what if instead of hiding away from the in-laws, you actually leaned into the conversation with the in-laws? What if instead of making it about you, you made it about them? How can I get the most out of this moment? Now, some of you hear this and you think that sounds really great. And others of you hear this and you think that sounds really exhausting. Uh, actually making it all about others. Steve, we just said we were busy. We just said we were empty. We, like you want us to go fill up everyone else. What about me? Like I'm the one that's empty. I'm the one that needs to be filled up. How on earth Am I going to get filled up? And that's what I love about what Jesus does next, because the story doesn't end with the feeding of the 5,000. And you may have never noticed this before, but there's something that Jesus does next, and it gives us a clue as to how he was able to fill up. And here's what it says. It says immediately. Okay, so he feeds 5,000 families. Everyone eats. They're all satisfied. It's incredible. And then it says immediately. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. So in this busy moment, in fact, this was one of the most popular moments for Jesus. Come on, there's 25,000 people that just witnessed a miracle. They're all clamoring for his attention. In the midst of a really busy season, what does he do? He gets by himself on a mountainside to pray. 
See, Jesus was able to fill up others because he knew how to be filled up. That the only way to be filled up was one-on-one in the presence of his dad in heaven. And by the way, this theme shows up all the time in scripture. If you like, if you look at the gospels, you'll just see this repeated over and over again, especially in the gospel of Luke. It's like Jesus performs a miracle and then he goes by himself to pray. And then he teaches some people and then he goes by himself to pray. And then he chooses the disciples and then he goes by himself to pray. It's over and over again, like the chorus of a song. He keeps going back going, I got to get by myself and I need one-on-one time with my father in heaven. This was like the keystone habit for Jesus. This was the habit that all other habits bowed to, his one-on-one time with Jesus. In fact, let me show you what it says in Luke. This is so great. It says, yet news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people, again, he's like, has the temptation to be so busy. He's got this full agenda. Crowds of people came to hear him, to be healed of their sicknesses. But look at what he does. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He got by himself, one-on-one with his Father in heaven. And that's how he got filled up. So the third habit, and this is like the most important habit. In other words, if you just ignore the first 20 minutes of what I said, that's fine. But this, I'm telling you, this is the most important thing from today. It's to make time, get time alone with God. Get time alone with God. This was the keystone habit for Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, this has got to be the keystone habit for us. And this is, this might be different than what you normally think of when we think of prayer. Because normally for us, prayer is like, you know, it's like I'm getting ready to take the test, so let me pray. Or I'm driving to work, so let me pray. Um, Or we're about to eat, so let me pray. And these are like on-the-go prayers. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. It's just, that's not what this is. This isn't a prayer while you're on the way to go do something else. This is like what you're on the way to go do. Like I'm going to meet with God one-on-one and that's my agenda. Prayer is not the thing I'm going to do right before I go do something else. It is the thing I'm going to do. Time alone with God. And some of you know this about me. This, is, this has become a keystone habit for me because it was for Jesus. And I'm just trying to follow his example. And so um, every morning I'll wake up and it's the first thing I do um, right after making coffee uh, because <laughs> me and Jesus and coffee, we're like all together. And, um, and what I'll do is I'll, after I make coffee, I go downstairs to the basement because I'm trying to get alone. So no one else around. It's before the kids get up and I'll go downstairs. And this is my like Steve went up on a mountainside to pray moment. And um, a lot of times I'll listen to like worship music. Uh, I'll, I'll have a, a prayer journal that I'll write in. Um, if I'm in a place where, you know, um, people can't hear me, I'll talk out loud uh, as I pray, I, I'll open scripture. Recently, I've been doing the Lordship devotional. I know a lot of you have been doing that as well. This is like part of my time alone with God. And by the way, before we lived in a house with a basement, I, I would just do this in, in, in the closet 
literally. I, like we lived in this tiny one bedroom apartment and I would just go to the closet and I'd shut the door. And it was just, it was just me and God together. And some days it's 10 minutes. I wish it could be longer, but some days it's like 10 minutes. That's, and then other days it is longer. In fact, I don't think, um, I think God is less concerned about the amount of time. I don't think God's got a stopwatch. <laughs> In fact, if you've never done this, like if you've never spent one-on-one -on -one time with God, I think your heavenly father would love to spend just five minutes with you. Just, just five minutes. One-on-one. -on -one. Maybe some of you, you used to do this. This was like a habit for you, but it's been a while since you got time alone with God by yourself. And maybe today the Holy Spirit is whispering to you, hey, let's do that again. Let's get time, just me and you, again. I mean, literally, you can do this today. Today. This is actually something my, um, my oldest son has started to do. Uh, he does his time alone with God right before bedtime, which I think is a ploy to stay up later. Um, I, I'm uh, halfway convinced of that, but. And he'll, I, I don't know what it looks like because we're not in the room, but, you know, he's got a devotional thing that he, that he reads and writes in. And I remember there was one night where it was like, we're getting ready to leave the room and they're getting ready to go to bed. He's getting ready to spend time with God. And it just hit me. And I went, oh, hey, by the way, Judah, you're, you're getting ready to spend time with God. This is pretty cool. Um, you should ask him. Just, just ask him. God, do you want to say anything to me? It's pretty simple. And uh, so anyways, we leave. And then the next morning when he wakes up, comes downstairs, and I, and I, I ask him, I go, hey, do you, do you feel like God said anything to you last night? He said, I don't know, Dad. But I think he said he likes spending time with me. And um, I was like, well, I don't know if that's what he said to you, but I'm positive that's what he's saying to me right now. And that's what he's saying to you. I'd love to spend time with you. Because peace is not going to be found when the Christmas shopping is done. Peace is not going to be found when you get through all the Christmas events you got coming up. Peace isn't going to be found after the in-laws leave or once you get the house cleaned. Peace can only be found in the presence of the one who created peace. That's why Jesus said this, come to me, get away with me, like spend time with me. All you who are weary and burdened and busy and stressed and overwhelmed, would you just come to me and I will give you rest. So here's what we're going to do right now. We're just going to spend like a minute with Jesus together. And this isn't, you know, we're supposed to be time alone with God and you're not alone. There's people around you. But let's do it. So God, it's good to spend time with you. And you just talk to him.
Maybe some of you right now, the prayer that you're praying is, God, it's been a while, and that's okay. Maybe some of you right now, you're thinking, man, I've missed this. Just tell him. He's missed it too. Maybe some of you just, you just honestly pray, um, God, I like spending time with you, but I'd like to like spending time with you more. Would you help me? It's okay. You can just tell them. You keep talking to your Father in heaven. And then, pastors, when you're ready, just step up and maybe continue leaning to the presence of God right here. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.